My name is Christy Duff, and I have a passion for the Word of God. I've seen the way that a daily dose of the one-year Bible has changed my life, and I know that it can change, affect, and impact every day we live. Well, hello, and I know I say this all the time, but I wish that we were all together just drinking coffee and hanging out and having a good time, but until then I'm praying that you are kept in the goodness of God, that you are experiencing his love and his beauty and his glory shining upon your life. And I really love this week in the one year Bible. And I think I say that all the time too, but in Psalm 42, David says, as a deer longs For the streams of water, so I long for you, O God. With my whole being, I thirst for God, the living God. And I just kept reading that this week, thinking about David out in that wilderness, out in that dry desert, being hunted, his life being chased, and not experiencing the fulfillment of the promises that he felt like God had put on his heart. And yet in all of that, he knew that what he was longing for, what he was thirsting for was not a life in the palace. He didn't think that he was truly longing for not being on the run anymore. He didn't think he was truly thirsting to be king David knew what we need to know that regardless of what our circumstances in life are, that our true thirst can only be quenched by the presence of our living God. And isn't it so interesting that so often the enemy tries to trick us and make us think that something else will satisfy us, that something else can quench our thirst. And reading this chapter and thinking about it, getting ready for this, I was thinking back to this time, I think I was probably 19 or 20 and not married and no kids and walking from my house to a farmer's market on a hot sunny day. And I think I walked about three miles to get to the farmer's market and walked all around and it was a hot afternoon well for San Diego area it was a hot afternoon it was still hot and I remember being so thirsty and not having very much money and thinking well where can I go and what can I get because I'm so thirsty and I went into a little fast food restaurant and planned on ordering water and while I was in there waiting in line I caught uh, my attention was caught by a picture of a milkshake and I was so hot and so thirsty and I thought that's what I want I don't want a cup of water. I want a milkshake because it's cold and it'll be so good and so perfect. And Jason always says that I am an advertising marketer's dream because if it's shiny, if they tell me that it is good or if it looks good or looks appealing, I'm automatically drawn to it. I am the person that they're looking for when they sit in their meetings deciding what to come up with. And so I see this picture of a milkshake and I get up to the front in the line and I order a milkshake 
And the first couple of sips, while I was in the air-conditioned restaurant, tasted so good. And I thought, oh, this is exactly what I wanted until I started walking home. And once I got back out into the sun, and once I got back out into the heat, instantly I was regretting my decision to not just get a cup of ice water and to get this milkshake instead. Because it didn't take long before the milkshake was the same temperature as outside and it was no longer cold inside my hand. And it was thick milk. And those of you who know, you've tried this maybe, you know that thick, warm milk is definitely not what you want to try to cool you down. And so often the things in life can be like that. Maybe they look appealing or they seem like they'll satisfy if we could just get a different house or another location or a different job or a different marriage or a different family or different relationship or different financial status, whatever it might be that you think that you want, however good it might seem to be, it will never quench our thirst. It will never satisfy us the way that the living water of Jesus can satisfy us. David won the battle. He won the victory the moment he knew and recognized and called out what he truly thirsted for. And friends, we will never have our thirst quenched until we understand that it's Jesus that we're thirsting for truly. And we saw this in Mark as well this week. And, and you know, Jesus is so sweet. I love it. He just has all these people and the multitudes that are in the wilderness with him in Mark chapter 7. And it says, he said to his disciples that he felt sorry for these people, that they had been with him now and they would faint on the way home. And he wanted to provide food for them. And you know, and I think we talked about this in the book of Matthew, the miracle of the loaves and the fish and Jesus providing this sustenance for his people who were out in the wilderness with them. But then after that miracle, the Pharisees come to him and they ask him for a sign from heaven. And it says that he sighed deeply to himself and said, why does this generation ask for a sign? Because he knew that these Pharisees and then later the people were following him, were seeking him to try to have their physical desires quenched. But Jesus knew that having a physical desire quenched would only leave them hungry the next day or just a little bit longer. And he knew and he knows that what we truly need is not physical bread or to see a miracle, but that our true thirst can only be quenched by his presence, by his living water. And regardless of what we think that we hunger for, that we thirst after, nothing will ever satisfy us in the way that following Jesus with all that we are will. And he says in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, 
he's talking to the people and he's talking to his disciples. And he said that anyone who wishes to be a follower of mine must leave self behind. He must take up his cross and come with me. Whoever cares for his own safety is lost. But if a man will let himself be lost for my sake and for the gospel, that man is safe. What does a man gain by winning the whole world at the cost of his true self? What can he give to buy that self back? If anyone is ashamed of me and mine in this wicked and godless age, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father and of the holy angels. And reading that the other day and just thinking about all the ways that I tend to, maybe you do also, thirst after keeping myself safe. I thirst after keeping myself protected. I thirst after desiring to keep my life blessed and happy. And yet we know that this is the opposite message of the one that Jesus gives to us. That anyone who longs to be a follower of his in the same way that he left everything and laid aside everything, his deity, his reputation, his comfort of heaven. That if you and I want to follow after him, if we recognize our thirst and understand that only he can quench it, then in the same way that he left everything, so too must you and I leave everything that we think is going to satisfy us, that we think is going to bring us comfort, that we think is going to be all we've ever hoped or dreamed or desired for, will never find satisfaction in anything that we chase after other than Jesus. But I love that he says, if a man will let himself be lost for my sake and for the gospel, that man is safe. Everything that we are searching for is found in surrender. It's found in giving it over to the loving, beautiful, good hands of God. I keep thinking about when the children of Israel went into that promised land. Jason was just teaching about this the other day from the book of Numbers. And they went into that promised land. And they're so worried about their kids because the people were like giants. And they were going to die. And their kids were going to die. And all the promises of God were just lost to their heart. And so they clung to their own safety and because of that, they lost everything. And God said to them, you're losing everything. And yet your kids that you were so worried about, they're going to be able to enter into the promised land. And isn't that the way that it so often is? I know we've talked about before. Well, maybe not on the podcast. I always get confused. I don't know where I am, but maybe in women's ministry before about if people wanted to capture monkeys and I don't know who wants to capture a monkey. I think they're cute and all, but I don't know that I want one as a pet. But back in the olden days, I don't know when that would be. And I don't want to offend anyone by saying when I think it would have been. So I'm just going to say, Back in the days when people wanted to capture a monkey, <laughs> the way that they would do it is leave a coconut that would be chained to a tree or tied to a tree and make a tiny little hole that was just big enough for a monkey's hand and put something tiny and shiny in it. 
And that monkey would reach into that coconut and grab a hold of that, that shiny, tiny thing. And the monkey could not get their hand out of that coconut. If they would just let go, they would have been able to pull their hand out of that coconut and be free. But a stubborn refusal to let go of that shiny little piece of tin kept that monkey right there tied to that coconut and that monkey would get captured. And friends, what a picture of us. The enemy wants to try to tell us that what we're thirsting after, what we're chasing for, can be found in these shiny little pieces of tin. That if we surrender, if we let go, if we open our hands to God, then that's the moment that we'll be caught. But it's the exact opposite of what Jesus says. That all we're thirsting for is found in a denial of self, in a refusal to chase after our own pleasure, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And all of that instead will be found in letting go, letting go of our own hopes and dreams and desires and what we thought and what we think and what we wish we had and what we want. And instead, hopping on the altar to be that living sacrifice, to say, God, I'm yours. I'm chasing after you. I'm picking up my cross and following after you. And in that moment, our thirst will be quenched. Our desire will be found. In Mark chapter 9, there's this little part that maybe if you read the one-year Bible today, you read today and if not i'm sure you read it and if not you can read it and it's great and jesus comes down from the mount of transfiguration which oh i could talk about that story for days and days and days how beautiful i would love to know what that dazzling white like no bleacher launderer on earth can equal i can't wait to get to heaven to see something that's that white and that pure and that clear and just absolutely amazing and a moment of seeing Jesus only. Okay, but that's not what I want to talk about right now. <laughs> Maybe later. But there's this part where Jesus and Peter, James, and John, they come down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and there's this massive crowd that's gathered, and this dad who is so disappointed because he had brought his demon-possessed son to the disciples, and they couldn't cast him out, and Jesus again just sighing. <sighs> I love how much he sighs with us because I don't know about you, but I look around at humanity or I have to deal with my own humanity and I'm found to be sighing <sighs> a lot too. <laughs> and so Jesus sighs and he casts the demon out and later the disciples and Jesus, they go inside and the disciples ask him privately, why couldn't we cast this demon out? And you know what he says. He says, oh, there's only one way to cast this demon out. And this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. By us taking all that we are and running to the presence of Jesus and spending time in the presence of Jesus. That's where our power is. That's where our thirst is quenched. By chasing like a deer thirsting for water. 
by thirsting for the living God, the presence of God. That's where you and I will find all that we long for, all the power to heal this world, to save this world by bringing them to the presence of Jesus. All that we long for is not found in the things of this life. Those are only thick, warm, milky milkshakes that taste good for a second but leave us more thirsty in the end than we were in the beginning. Our thirst can be quenched in the presence of Jesus. You know, it's kind of funny as I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this poor little dried and dead bouquet of sunflowers that Jason bought me, and I'm looking at the very ironic little tag on it that says, I'm thirsty, check water daily. And there's like a centimeter of water in these thirsty plants that most of the stalks aren't even touching. And no wonder they're dried and dead and just dried out. And sometimes we can get to that point, right? Where we're just feeling dried out and dead and withered. And we know in Psalm 1 that God promises Anne and Jeremiah that our leaves won't wither even in times of drought. And yet we feel so droughty and dried out and withered. Can I ask us how often we're immersing ourselves in the presence of Jesus? Maybe we're chasing after other things that can't satisfy. Maybe our own safety, our own protection, our own comfort, our own desires. Praise Jesus. He's only one cry away of just saying, God, I've been trying to quench my thirst in other things. But Lord, as a deer pants for water, so my soul pants after you, my living water. And I know that the second that we cry out, the second that we take up our cross, the second that we know that our hunger, our thirst will only be quenched in him, he will meet every need because like he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Thanks for listening and tuning in to the Growing in the Sun podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe and I'll see you here next time. Let your words burn deep.